Hello, happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to Astro Vibes. I'm your host, Caro, and this is an astrology podcast in which I get down to the nerdy, dirty details of this ancient language and sometimes about you. The podcast is produced by our team at Ambient Vibes Music, a blog that seeks to uplift and expose artists through their platform. If you're enjoying the show and haven't checked it out yet, make sure to stop by the Astro Vibes page on ambientvibesmusic.com to enhance your listening experience. It's really cute on the eyes, and you can generate your birth chart straight from the page, see our cool merch, book a session with me, and even ask a question that will be featured on a future Q&A episode. We also have every episode of the podcast available for streaming there. And as always, please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. It's super helpful for the work we're doing and helps new listeners find the show. Today, we have another super special episode for y'all, and it's another guest episode. That's right, another Ambient Vibes artist will join me on the show to talk about her creative work and identity, and I'll take a look at her birth chart to see what I can see about all that. I'll introduce our special guests in a bit, but first I want to share a little about this week's transits and what you can expect from the planetary vibes. It's transit time. Today, in transit time, I want to focus on two planetary ingresses, or entrances into new signs, that are happening this week. As I tell you about them, keep in mind that Mercury is still retrograde, now in the late degrees of Taurus. So, even though these ingresses are giving us a kind of green light to go for the things that we want, being cautious and thoughtful is a good way to go until June 3rd, when it stations direct. Yesterday, which was Tuesday, May 24th, 2022, Mars entered its home sign of Aries. It'll move through the sign until it leaves on July 5th. Mars functions to its fullest Marsy potential in this sign because it's the sign that the planet rules. Mars rules our physical energy, passions, and primal impulses. Like Saturn, it's a malefic planet or a planet that tends to stir up a little difficulty wherever it goes. Sports, sex, sharp objects, arguments, war. These are all Martian things. In Aries, Mars is extra hot-headed, competitive, and action-oriented. When any planet changes signs, we're going to feel a shift. And when Mars moves into a new sign, it means we start focusing our energies and our ambitions on things related to the house where it falls in your chart. With Mars and Aries, we also want to be careful about acting before we think, and making sure we aren't taking on more than we can commit to in the long term. Because Aries is known for getting a really good running start on projects, but losing steam when it comes to completing them. Aries and Scorpio risings will be most affected by this transit because Mars is their ruling planet. It'll still affect the rest of us in different ways though. For example, if you're a Pisces rising, Aries is your second house, so you might direct your energy towards second house themes of your resources, assets, finances, your self-worth, and what you value in life. Perhaps you will get motivated to do some spring cleaning when it comes to the stuff that you own, or you'll put a lot of work into meeting a financial goal. This house is also about the food we put into our bodies, a resource, so you could get inspired to eat differently at this time. If you can afford it, 
The next couple months seem like they would be a great time to give yourself the space to start a bunch of projects that you're passionate about and see what sticks. But it's not really quite the time to launch those ideas. With Mercury retrograde in Taurus, I'd say take your time with these inspirations to act. It's always okay for things to be a work in progress and everything doesn't have to happen right away. If this sounds like a lot, this might help. Benefic planets Venus and Jupiter have also been in Aries for a bit, so this energy shouldn't feel brand new. Also, they're setting the stage for positivity in this house. This might be the gentle kick in the butt that you've been needing. No more fun and games, nice planets. Mars has arrived. We don't have Venus and Mars together in Aries for too long though, because Venus is leaving Aries and entering Taurus on Saturday, May 28th, 2022 where it will stay until June 23rd. This is very sweet. Taurus is one of Venus's home signs. So after Saturday, that means we'll have two planets in their domiciles for about a month, which is really fortunate news for these parts of our lives. Venus rules all things love, harmony, pleasure, and money. So we can expect good vibes related to these topics. This ingress is especially lovely for all my Taurus and Libra risings out there because our ruling planet will be very happy for some time and able to send extra blessings our way. Venus in Taurus, it's very attuned to its senses, the things that it can materially touch, taste, see, smell, and hear. It's an earth sign, so it's very connected to the beauty found in nature. Because of this, it's also very nurturing and materially creative, like the soil in the ground. Venus in Taurus loves comfort and stability, which could make this a really nice and cozy time for us. But a potential downfall of this transit is not getting out of your comfort zone enough. It's definitely good right now to lean into whatever helps you feel stable. Just make sure that you're striking the right balance for yourself. Even if you're not a Taurus or Libra rising, you'll still experience these themes in whatever house Taurus falls in your chart. For example, if you're a Cancer rising, Taurus is your 11th house. You'll experience this transit in the areas of your groups of friends, alliances, and your goals for the future. In traditional astrology, this house is called the house of good fortune. So you might be extra lucky in those areas over the next month. This gives me like band starting vibes, like finding the right people to share a vision with and start a collaboration with tangible goals. Whatever happens, stay open to relationships and connections that can be helpful to you to get the most out of this transit. I'm actually going to a wedding on that day, which feels like such a wonderful way to celebrate Venus and Taurus. Celebrating love, dressing up and looking hot, eating yummy food, enjoying music during the reception. It's also Venus and Taurus. <laughs> also, the moon is in Taurus. It's exaltation that day. So that makes for some extra auspiciousness cute day to get married just had to share okay that's your transit time for the week there's a bunch more going on but those are my two main things to watch and feel out for i hope it contextualized some things for you and helps you as you decide how to approach these next few months with those transits through aries and taurus now let's talk about dana our guest on today's episode here is a little about her Nashville-based queer indie pop rock artist Dana 
is on a mission to explore love, truth, and vulnerability through her music. From confessional ballads to danceable, quirky synths and guitar-driven tunes, Dana's music is infectious. Following her summer single, Heart Heat, she returned last fall with Just the Girl, a dreamy take on the Click 5's explosive early 2000s hit. Dana's songs have been placed on Spotify's Fresh Finds and Night Pop editorial playlists, featured on iHeartRadio, Nashville's Lightning 100, and Breaking Sound Radio, and performed at the legendary Bluebird Cafe. Her single Close Isn't Enough has organically amassed over half a million streams on Spotify. She plans to release more new music in 2022. As a queer woman, Dana hopes to be a role model for other young people in the community. It's important to help normalize all queer relationships and identities, Dana says. I hope that my music can encourage listeners to be true to who they are and proud of it, no matter where they are in their journey to self-discovery and love. She's amazing and very fun to talk to, as I think you'll hear in this interview. We'll be back with Dana after this musical break featuring Dana. <laughs> Enjoy. to break us all my allegiances are carrying the fake us i know this could be just a little sanctuary that we need i don't want to hurt you but lately it's been killing me So welcome, Dana. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. So great. Um, <laughs> we'll start by kind of, yeah, just getting to know you a bit more. Um, who are we talking to? Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit, I guess, like, how did you get your start with creativity and music? Tell us about that. Yeah, um, I've always been a very creative person. I, I started playing piano when I was like in elementary school and I've, I've been singing forever. Um, but I started writing songs and playing guitar around like age 14. And from there, I feel like songwriting just unlocked the whole world for me. Um, and I've just, I have just always loved it since. So yeah, now I, um, I make music in Nashville. I do like indie pop rock stuff. And, um, I just love writing songs and I also just love anything creative, truly. Yeah. What kind of other, like, non-musical creative things do you do um i mean to me I, I do a little bit of yoga i feel like that's creative in yes. a sense. oh yeah um i love yeah. yoga. <laughs> yeah and i want to get into more like like you know i i used to write other things like short stories and stuff like that um so 
yeah, I really want to start exploring more other creative outlets. Like the recently I bought like just like a bunch of like beads and I was like, this is my new thing. I'm going to be like making necklaces. And I made like one and I was like, I'm done. But, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, I just, I love creative things. Yeah, definitely. I think like if you're creative in one way, you can, you have it in you to do like any of the wide offerings that there are for creativity. Yeah. Totally. I also love like making videos. I've always loved making videos. So I've been super into TikTok recently um, and it kind of leads into music, but also it's just fun. I just love it. That's awesome. Oh, I want to do TikTok, but it just seems like I have to learn a lot of things and I don't want to learn. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But also I feel like it doesn't even matter what you post. Like you can post anything you want, <laughs> you know. That's true. It's super fun. Nice. Yes, and if you want to share your TikTok or whatever you do want to share, we will put in the show notes um, just for people to, you know, find you. Amazing. Yay! You're so accomplished and, like, you really have, like, put yourself out there a lot, it sounds like. Thank you so much. That is so sweet of you to say. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, reflecting what I saw. So. Thank you. Nice. Well, maybe we'll see how that comes out in your astrology in a bit. Um, totally. Are you working I'm on anything? <laughs> Before we talk about like what is your astrological knowledge basis like, um, do you have anything you want to promote to people verbally? Yeah, so um, you read it briefly in my bio, but um, my most recent release is a cover song of Just the Girl by The Click Five, which I thought was like a very widely known song because it was like burned into my childhood. Um, turns out not like some people don't know it. Um, but yeah, so that's my most recent single. I did like a, kind of like a dreamy 90s-esque uh, like indie pop version of this like pop punk song <laughs> and I mean like a like a like a radio Disney pop punk song <laughs> but that's, that's, <laughs> so that's my current single but um the past couple months I've been working on some new music which I'm really excited about so hopefully I'll be putting out some singles in the next few months um and working on a full-length album as well which is I've never done that before so I'm really excited about it Wow, yeah. A whole album sounds like, it sounds like the equivalent of like writing a novel. For <laughs> yeah, it kind, of, it kind of feels like that, to be honest. I've done an EP and even that was a lot. So uh, I'm, I'm excited though. It's, it's fun for me to like put together a project. Kind of like I was saying earlier, like I just love the entire creative process. Like I'm thinking about like the color schemes and I'm doing like Pinterest boards for like photo shoots and vibes and like, it all bleeds into the music for me. So it's, it's, it's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And I'm interested in like hearing more about what your creative process is like, um, like in a descriptive, descriptive kind of way. And also looking at the astrology and how that lines up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. We keep talking about it. We'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. And what is your astro astrological background from like wherever you're at? So I I would say I'm novice. Like I don't know a ton. Um, I know my like sun and moon and rising signs, uh, but that's pretty much where my knowledge ends. Nice. Yay. This will be so fun to tell you some more things. Um, yeah. yeah. And I feel like once you know a couple things, you can really like run with it on your own. So 
mm-hmm. my goal is kind of to, for you to use this in your life if you want um if it works Definitely. for you nice so yeah let's get into it we are currently looking at dana's chart i'm sorry listeners you cannot see it but i will do my best to describe as clearly as possible um so your sun moon and rising you were just talking about that do you want to share them with us yeah, so um, Capricorn Sun, Cancer Moon, and Gemini Rising. Amazing. Oh, cool. And then thinking about the houses, because um, that's something that I'll explain now. Um, so the houses are these these numbers right here. Each mm-hmm. sign has a number. Um, and so the houses are like the areas of life that exist. So they span things like... The first house is like yourself, your body, your identity. The second house is like your money, your assets, your values, and so on. They all mean something. Uh, so let's look at the houses that your sun, moon, and rising fall in. Um, in the whole sign system, which is the one I use, basically it's just like a way of arranging the chart. Um, every sign is just is one house. Sometimes in other kinds of charts, you see like cusps and things, but I don't really use that. Mm-hmm. So, in the whole science and house system, your first house is always your rising sign house. That's where we get the houses from. So, everybody's mm-hmm. kind of unique in that way. Um, so, you have a Gemini rising, so that's your first house. Then, and you don't have any, like, planets in the first house, which would mean something, but we don't have to, like, look at that because it's not there. It doesn't mean anything, but you don't. But just a detail. Your sun. Oh, wait. So, Gemini rising is kind of, like, very... Uh, communicative, curious, um, approaches life with that like sense of curiosity and like some like childlike wonder even. Um, do you feel like that is accurate for you? Totally. Yeah, I definitely feel like that's, I don't know what people have, I, I feel like I'm like an optimistic person and I just like, I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. If anyone like suggests something, I'm like, oh yeah, that's fun. <laughs> like I want to do it. <laughs> you know, I definitely resonate with that. Yeah, yeah, fun is like Gemini likes fun for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially like wordplay and like things that involve your mind, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So, and it's in your first house. We don't have to really talk about the house because it's the house of you, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, then your son is in Capricorn. Um, it's in your eighth house, and the eighth house is the house. It's kind of like a, a nebulous house to describe but because it's not like tangible things but it's stuff like transformation death Mm -hmm. and rebirth um things that like kind of fall into that so uh stuff like sex is considered part of that house because it's like merging with someone and like transforming Mm. into you know um as well as some like things like shared bank accounts and um like financial like sharing resources with other people. So like, this is a very collaborative house, period. Um, that tells me. And your son is the way you kind of express yourself consciously in the world. Um, so this is like a big part of the way you want to be seen in the world. What do you think? That's interesting. So what does Capricorn, what does Capricorn play into that? Yes, thank you for pointing that out. Um, and Capricorn is like, um, really likes to accomplish things um it's cool with like a long-term goal and like will follow a plan to get there and loves like the feeling of accomplishing it um also really enjoys structure and like boundaries 
it's ruled by Saturn, which is the planet of structure, boundaries, like, da da da. Let's do things. Yeah. It's interesting. That is totally me because I've always found this interesting because, you know, my Gemini, I'm like, I love fun, but also I'm like, when I want to accomplish something, when I have goals, like, you know, for example, making this album, I'm like already planning, like, you know, in September, like what's going to happen when, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so I, I like, I really thrive on that and I kind of need it, which is interesting how it works with the Gemini part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it kind of balances each other out a bit because Gemini likes variety and like likes spontaneity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have that kind of side of you too. Yeah, I always have trouble with that question when people are like, are you more spontaneous or do you like structure? And I'm like, both. <laughs> it depends, yeah. It depends what situation we're in. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Yeah, and then interesting, like this is hard, hard to get too deep into right now but um you see how like these two planets are your sun is sandwiched between them mm-hmm. this is uranus and this is neptune um everybody in like within many years has uranus and neptune and capricorn next like close to each other because they move really slowly mm-hmm. but like it matters what house they fall in this trait like this trait of our generation i would say of like you know five to six five to ten years of time it makes us like very quirky and like insightful and uh like has very inspired ideas and like goes for them and like disruptive and we want change and all this stuff um so like that for you manifests in your eighth house capricorn and so since your sun is there that's a conjunction it's like a triple conjunction um Mm. and like when a conjunction happens it blends all the planets together so not only is the sun in Capricorn, but like your your Sun, Uranus, Neptune conjunction is in is there. Something to pay attention to. If you ever get a cool. reading done, I would ask about that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You can learn about yourself that way. Yay. Dead your moon sign. Um your moon is in Cancer. I love Cancer Moon. Um very sensitive and nurturing and feeling. And it's in your second house. So this is the house of um your values. Um, what you possess internally and externally, um, your assets, and your self-worth. So I'm curious, like the moon is so subjective to people. So based on what I said, what comes up for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely resonate. I've, I, in, in kind of looking through my like big three, I resonated with all three in different facets of my life. So, um, definitely sensitive definitely emotional i feel all of my emotions very strongly (laughs) um all the time and i'm cool with that um but yeah i it's interesting that you know i think you said because it's in the second house it kind of equates to like self-worth and and stuff like that um because i i do value like emotional connection for sure definitely yeah, and I didn't mention that like the moon is kind of where you feel safe and how you self-care like after a hard day, um, like what you need. So if you don't get enough of this, it throws you off. Mm-hmm. So sounds totally. like, yeah, like you said that, like you value that part of you and you like to connect with it. Totally. Ah, cool. <laughs> so that's it. Um, your sun, moon, and rising. 
We'll be back with Dana after this musical break featuring Dana. <laughs> Enjoy. She's cold and she's cruel, but she knows what she's doing. She pushed me in the pool at a last school reunion. She laughs at my dreams, but I dream about her laughter. Now we're going to transition to talking more specifically about creativity um, and the things that we'll look at are first we're going to look at where is Venus in your chart. Um, I have to burp. <laughs> Hopefully this will be edited. Please do. No, you should keep it in. <laughs> it was a, little, it's a quiet burp. Awesome. That was good. Okay. <laughs> I love it. It was just a transition burp, you know. Yeah, exactly. You have to like put something in between things. Oh, it's a bird. <laughs> you're fun. <laughs> oh, okay, you're Venus. So Venus is, I'm looking at Venus because um, Venus is a planet of beauty, harmony, love, um, and like creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, because of beauty, you know, she likes beauty. So like wherever your Venus is, is like the kind of beauty you enjoy and mm-hmm. how you enjoy creating it. Um, the kind of relationships you attract. Um, yes, I might be missing something. Also, in traditional astrology, she was associated with money. So, like, your how much money you have, and like, anyway, not very relevant for this. But, although it could be. Anywho, so your Venus is in the seventh house, Sagittarius. And do you notice anything about your Venus? Um. It's on a line, and it has some other things next to it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it's on a line, so it's on the descendant line, which we oh. can talk about. It's not as relevant for this, but I would like to tell you about it. But um, It's also conjunct Jupiter, so that, that's what you were talking about, the other thing next to it. Um, so Venus and Jupiter, like we said, when a conjunction happens, they meld together. And Jupiter is the planet of, like, excess and more, more, more. And whatever it touches, it expands. So the fact that it's on Venus is really interesting. Like it kind of amplifies that Mm. for you. And then it's in the seventh house. This is important. It's in the seventh house of committed partnerships. So that tells me that like whatever your style is, like it really involves relationships and maybe having like a partner in it. Like Mm. whether, you know, like an artistic partner, creative, like a bandmate or something like that. Sounds important to you. Yeah, definitely. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is so interesting. I I think um, you know, 
either in co-writes, which I really love doing, or, um, you know, working with my producer. Uh, I just, I really enjoy like those moments that like where you connect and like you're enjoying the process and you're having fun with it too. Um, and I just, I just love like when you have like a close relationship like that, like me and my current producer, we became friends in college and we know each other really well. Like we're close friends as well as being, um, you know, creative partners. So I just, I do, do value that. I think it's really like, we know each other well. And I feel like that just bleeds into the art we're making. Um, so that's really interesting, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it sounds like you have a legit like person who's been in this with you for a while. And yeah, and so like that's just an example too. Like for your reference, this also refers to all other committed relationships in your life. So if we zoom out of the creative lens, this would still say, you know, this relationships are important to you. Um, and then the descendant thing. Your, the descendant is like, you know, the opposite of your ascendant. And often it's said like, this is what you're most attracted to slash what you attract in people um and having these two on your descendant it gives me the vibes that you might meet somebody or like end up with somebody this is like a big prediction who has like venusian and jupiterian qualities mm, what would that mean what would that be uh, like very lovely and very like extravagant and buoyant and like affectionate Sounds like a really nice person, to be honest. And then in Sagittarius, too. Um, so somebody, like, very adventurous. And and so, like, well, let's go back to creativity, since that's kind of... But you can translate what I'm saying to your future partner, if you want. Um, or my current partner? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I just assume everyone's single like me. Tell me about them. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. Are they a Sagittarius? <laughs> I need to know. No, she's um, a Virgo, sun and moon. Um, actually so interesting so I was curious if maybe that could mean someone else platonic in my life or you know some other kind of relationship too that's true yeah like this is just like significant others yeah exactly mm -hmm. and and I would like I don't know like look at her chart and see if she has a prominent or Jupiter like if I mean I know that's kind of you have to learn what that means to find it yeah um, or if you have a reading with someone because um, it could also mean they have like Venus in her happiest house, which is Libra or Taurus, you know, mm -hmm. like so totally. Yeah, space. it's really interesting. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Relationship astrology. But yeah, so like Sagittarius being there with your Venus placement tells me that like your Venus is kind of restless sometimes and like needs to be on the go or like needs to be trying something new to feel fulfilled um, and like you're very adventurous in your partnerships. Maybe like you're the more adventurous one than the other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, I always want to be working on something for sure. Um, even when I'm working on something, I'm thinking about the next thing because <laughs> I kind of, I'm like excited about that, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah, and oh, and Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, just fun fact. So Jupiter being there is like more points for strong Jupiter. Mm -hmm. Interesting, yeah, mm -hmm. that's so cool. Oh, so sorry, it's my alarm. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
awesome. So that's your Venus placement. Um, if we had more time, we would go into looking at like, what are the aspects that this conjunction is making? Aspects are the, the distance between the planets. They mean something. So like this line is red because it's a 90 degree angle. Mm-hmm. And that means like tension between Saturn and these planets. And then I would tell you, like, this is what that tension means, but we do not have time. But you can, like, yeah, go into it and research it yourself because, yeah, like, the reds are the challenges and the blues are your gifts that you have. And I would. Oh, yeah. awesome. Learn about that. Yeah. Amazing. So we did your Venus placement. Um, we'll come into play now again because uh, we're going to look at the fifth house and the 11th house axis. Um whenever houses are opposite each other they do have a relationship um and the relationship between these two houses is creativity um in terms of like and like self-expression so that all the houses could have something to do with your creativity for example like the sixth house is the house of habits daily work your personal health and how you take care of yourself um so if you, we want to know more about your working style, we would look at the sixth house, maybe like you're on the day-to-day basis. But we're looking more at like, what kind of creative person are you? Mm-hmm. And your fifth house, so the fifth house is the house of creativity, generativity, also the house of children, because children are created by your by bodies. Um, and yeah, and then the 11th house on the other end is creativity and self-expression but like how you do that with others so like what groups are you a part of what associations do you have um who do you want to build your future with mm-hmm. um, yeah so let's pay attention first to the fifth house your fifth house is libra and there's no planets in there but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean anything because mm-hmm. um every sign has a ruler and so we would like look to the ruler for some more information. But first, before we do that, um, the fifth house, having Libra in your fifth house gives me really creative vibes because Libra is the house, is ruled by Venus, um, beauty and harmony, planets, and also has a lot to do with relationships. So relationship, they love to like keep everybody happy, very people pleasy. I'm a Libra, so I can say these things. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We just want everybody to get along, and when when they don't, it makes us very anxious. Um, so we bend over backwards for them, etc. But on the bright side, like we're really good at bringing people together, um, creating that harmony, being diplomatic, and appreciating beauty. So that's your fifth house, and so maybe that's those traits I just talked about, like translate into the way you approach cre- creative projects and stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, what do you think? That is so cool um, because I, yeah, like in my general life, I feel like I wouldn't consider myself totally a people pleaser. Like I feel like when I know what I want, when it comes to me, I will like, I want to get it. But like when it comes to just like casual situations with like other people around, I'm like, yeah, let's all just have a good time and get along. And that bleeds into co-writes for me a lot. Um, because like if the vibes are not there the song is not going to be good you know what I mean like I feel like for us to write a good song we're gonna like we we have to be like having a good time like having fun um harmony yeah totally yeah totally um I feel like that's so important 
um, when being creative and like writing, especially with other people. That's really cool. It is. And what you just said, like, brings us to our next point, which is like, where is the ruler of Libra? Well, we talked about them and she's right here in the seventh house because it's Venus in Sagittarius. So just like emphasizing again that like, so when we look at the ruler, we kind of look to see what are the subtones. So like you're a Libra fifth house, but you have Sagittarian subtones mm. in that fifth house vibe. So like, yeah, you present this way, but underneath maybe you want to be more like spontaneous and out there. And um, truth seeking mm. is another Sagittarius. Like they want to like get to the truth and like the higher truths of life and like, mm-hmm. you know, the deep things. I think that was like in the first line of my bio that I sent you. Oh my god! <laughs> so that uh, that's pretty spot on. You're on a mission to explore love, truth, and vulnerability. That's all your clients <laughs> together. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> wow! <laughs> yes. Okay. Awesome. So that we don't really like. Yeah, need to go into that too much because we did. Um, more points for Venus and Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. <probably. laughs> it's like sticking on to her there. And then the 11th house, kind of thinking about who are you going to build this creative future with? Um, Aries, also empty, but Aries is very like opposite of Libra, right? So like very self-focused and like concerned with getting, like kind of what you were saying, like getting what you want, like you know what you want, you go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, headstrong wants to be first at doing things because it comes first in the zodiac um what else about aries very action-based enjoys taking action um so in the 11th house this kind of gives me the vibes that you're like someone in a group who initiates things and um like is a kind of a leader but also like rogue leader like you were gonna do what you want but like if people want to come that's cool <laughs> um yes yeah. That is definitely true. Again, I'm kind of thinking about co-writes. Um, yeah. Someone pointed this out to me recently. They're like, you def- like you will take charge like in a write, you know? But at the same time, like I still want to make sure everyone's having a good time, which that, so this like totally makes sense because it's like a balance. Like I'm not gonna, you know, bulldoze a co-write to just do what I want and like, you know, have people feeling like, this is not actually fun. Um, but I definitely think I fall into like the leader role when it, when it comes to, you know, write co-writing or, um, you know, even like planning out like a project or something like, (laughs) for example, I'm, I'm planning a, uh, guitar hero or rock band party (laughs) (laughs) and I literally created like a Google form for everyone and I like sent it out and I was like, okay everyone needs to fill this out because we need to form the bands like it's true (laughs) um it's true i need to form the bands um but like even something like that like i feel like that's creative you know it it bleeds into that like in my life um so yeah i just i resonate with with all of this so far that's so cool (laughs) yeah and i like how you said like it is a balance Mm -hmm. um it made me think like if you had a planet in one of these houses maybe it would be like Aries would be stronger and you would be more like mm-hmm. I don't care about what people if people are getting along but yeah like you're there's no planets there they're both kind of in the same boat mm-hmm. so, that is awesome. so cool yeah 
I only think about the ruler of Aries too, um, is Mars. Um, so yeah, just to get like an idea of the subtones again, Aries ruler is Mars, is in the fourth house, Virgo. Oh, that's cute. You said your partner's a Virgo? Mm-hmm. That's really cute because the fourth house is a house of family and home and foundation. So maybe like she feels like that to you. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, I definitely feel that way. She's very she's a very grounded and safe person. Beautiful. <laughs> nice. And so your Mars is there and that means something. Also your Mars is retrograde, which is interesting. Um when a planet is retrograde, it's not like functioning at its best. It's kind of warped and like hmm. Yeah, so like Mars, instead of being, because Mars is like pure energy, pure drive, pure passion, like the like primal instincts in all of us, um, like what is driving us. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Mars is retrograde, I don't know, that makes me, I haven't thought too much about Mars retrograde, but just gives me the sense that like maybe taking action is could be a more of a challenge, especially in the home situation. Mm, interesting, yeah. Taking initiative, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, Let's think about it in a creative way. Like, I, this is like one of the ones I can't figure out. So I'll ask you the question because you know your life. Um, how might? Let me see how to phrase this. How might your home, your family, your roots, your foundations, where you come from, mm. relate to your creative self? Con- also considering your drive is here. Like, this is what motivates you. Or mm. house thing in a Virgo way, which is very, like, service-oriented, perfectionistic, mm-hmm. critical, like, critical thinking, but also critical, like, in the hypercritical way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot. I mean, yeah, um, a lot. <laughs> you know, um, I definitely can be, you know, perfectionist um, when it comes to, like, creative projects. I try not to be as critical but that's probably me saying that and, and people might be like no it, it's it sounds good you know what I mean oh, yeah, um, yeah. but I'm like it's not ready yet <laughs> um yeah. so that's interesting and then thinking about you know like my roots and like family and home I feel like that is important to me like as a person um and maybe that kind of bleeds into my creative self in a subconscious way but I, yeah, I'd have to think about that some more. The fourth house, like the eighth house, is one of those that's kind of like out there, less tangible. Um, mm-hmm. Makes me want, one question that came up was like, how was your family with your creativity? Like, were they supportive of it? Did they promote it in your life? Very supportive. My parents are like my biggest fans. I was just texting them this morning. I was like, I, I booked another show, and they were like, yeah. <laughs> so nice. they have always been like very supportive of my music like driving me to open mics in high school and just cheerleaders all the way so it's beautiful maybe that's it like maybe that's the connection that they're supportive and they literally drove you get it drive um, <laughs> <laughs> two things i don't know but yeah. like yeah that's cool so that's um the fifth 11th health and now it is time or your question if you have one <laughs> I know you were gonna spontaneously think of it I've been brainstorming so okay I guess my question is um what should I 
be aware of when I like start a new project or like a new endeavor kind of what can I be like keeping in mind to keep me grounded because I think I, I always kind of feel like in my work my Capricorn sun comes out and is like you know making all these lists and planning out like months in advance which can be good but it also can like at times make me not enjoy the process as much as I really, really want to. Like I, I told you, I really value those moments like in the studio where we're laughing and having fun. And sometimes my, you know, attention to details and, and dates can kind of like get in the way. So how, what, what should I be maybe mindful of or um, to kind of counteract that or, or balance it, I guess? <laughs> interesting no yeah that's a great question um so like how can you be mindful of this trait of yours of like wanting to plan and prepare to the fullest mm -hmm. um how can you be mindful of that in a way that doesn't get in the way of the fun part of mm -hmm. creating stuff totally yeah so one thing like when you were talking something that made me think about is well, something we haven't talked about, which is you have an asteroid called Chiron in Virgo. Mm. And Chiron is the planet of like our, our trauma and our wounds. So it's like really intense. Um, but also like, so, and every one of them has kind of, every sign has like a wound of blink to be in simple terms. And for Virgo, the wound is the wound of perfectionism. Mm. Um, I have my every, this is another generational one because it's slow. So like people within five to 10 years of us have Chiron in Leo or Virgo or Libra. Um, yours happens to fall in at the end of Virgo. It's also retrograde. I can't tell you exactly what Chiron retrograde means yet. Mm -hmm. I would have to think about that more. Yeah. So like you have your wound of perfection um, in the fourth house of like your roots, your feelings of stability, um, your private life and so that, that could be part, like, not only do you have this Capricorn, let's get it done in an orderly way, but you also have this here that's like, you're not good enough, or like, you're not doing this right, or like, if you don't plan enough, everything will fail, so you have to plan. Sorry, yeah. this is getting intense for you. No, 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 this is, this is good, this is what I wanted. <laughs> cool, okay, cool, sorry for, to bring your inner critic to the party. Oh, <laughs> to shut up. Uh, <laughs> So that could just be like why I'm getting an understanding of like perfectionism itself and how like also thinking about the term like the idea of coping mechanisms and like how through your Capricorn sun making lists and stuff could feel like a really good coping mechanism but at the same time coping mechanisms can become unhealthy and not helpful over time. Yeah. So maybe that's something you felt safe doing when you were growing up you know as you become an adult but something to look at and be like, is this serving me? Mm -hmm. um, or maybe should you lean in more? Let's see, like, what can you lean in more to in your chart? I would say really like the Libra, the Gemini. The Gemini is very present and in the moment. Um, it had, likes to have fun. So, and as well as maybe you could also possibly get lost in all the lists and the tasks and forget about the awesome relationships part that you really enjoy. So leaning yeah. into this and like using that to stay in the moment. 
Yeah, totally. That is so interesting. And that was, that is really cool. Yay. Well, definitely resonates. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You have like this gift here. So kind of leaning into that. I said lean in 50 times. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was asking. So yeah, that's really great. Yeah. Amazing. That was fun. Thank you for asking a very good question. Of course, yeah, that was really fun and interesting, and I, I definitely didn't know anything about the the asteroids, so I'm curious to look into that more. Yes, yeah, Chiron's like the most popular asteroid, and there's some other ones as well that people look at. Um, yeah, so once you get a good hang of the planets and stuff, I would go like, you're not done, you can go to the asteroid. Yeah, totally. We'll be back with Dana after this musical break, featuring Dana. <laughs> Enjoy. We stand in my driveway Like we always do But this time feels different Like we're both brand new Started to think it was a myth Started to think I never really felt it Got me a little bit breathless I'm mounting, I'm on my knees You're hitting me Is there anything else you're wondering, lingering thoughts, reflections? Um, I don't think so, but this was really, really interesting. Um, it just makes me want to learn more about my chart. And it's, yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to astrology, like, obviously, you know who you are and not everything is going to land perfectly. But to be honest, like pretty much most of what is going on here that we talked about today is like, yeah, it definitely, um, I see that in myself, you know, so it's, it's really interesting. For sure. Yeah. And like, it helps to get down to the, the houses, I would say, like, make a big difference since everybody's like, like, yeah, you're, a, you can be a Capricorn sun and someone else can be a Capricorn sun, but your sons fall in different houses. So they emphasize different parts of your life. Right. Right. Yeah. You, like, there's so many layers. <laughs> Yeah, that's why when people are like, you can't divide people into 12 types. It's like, that's not what we're doing. Totally. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time and energy and like enthusiasm. It's been so cool talking. I felt the seventh house vibes when I was talking to you. <laughs> you're so easy to talk to and fun to interact with. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. This was absolutely amazing. And I had so much fun. <laughs> cool yeah so we'll put all your things um all of dana's uh information that she wants to share with us obviously um will be in the show notes and you can find her music everywhere on the internet i assume <laughs> um and i can't wait to hear just the girl i didn't listen to it before but i'm gonna jam out to it in a bit oh thank you <laughs> classic <laughs> Yay. well i'm gonna say the closing line now <clears throat> which is this this has been Astro Vibes, a podcast where I have gotten down to the nerdy, dirty details of Dana's chart. Maybe next time it'll be about you. Thank you, Dana. Thank you so much. Yes.
cool. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Talk to you next time. Oh my god, I love your closing line. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> that was I, so, so much fun. cool and so fun. Yes.